welcome back everybody into the fantasy zone i'm your host carter richardson and it is a late night edition just got back from the spurs t wolves game spurs got another win on the season another win over the t wolves shout out chase for the tickets thank you chase you're probably listening to this listeners Either late Monday night or early Tuesday morning. Thanks, Nick, as always, for all your editing expertise. I am recording this Sunday night, and we will begin, as we always do, with a little bit of news from the Ball Street Journal. My fantasy team was rejoicing when Zion Williamson made his triumphant return to the basketball court with a win. And a double-double, 21-12, and 12, uh, and a classic Zion 21, very efficient, shooting over 50% from the field, getting those rebounds. Brandon Ingram was not there. Zion took over a little bit in the playmaking department as well. This team, we've been saying it on our Dimes pods on Fridays, doesn't look like they fit well together, but they're just so incredibly talented wasn't really even a game after the second half started with the Clippers. Pelicans just crushed them. And overall, the news here is Zion looks great. He is actually toned up a little slimmer. But, man, he's just bullying right through people. You see him making these offensive decisions, and it is really just like, I would like to be this close to the basket now. And then he does that. No matter who's in front of him, watching Zion at center is a wonderful experience. And I wish it happens more. This team, the Pelicans, have some really interesting basketball decisions to make over the next few months. But right now, for our fantasy perspective, it's going just fine for everybody involved with the Pelicans. Thanks for coming back, Zion. Really, really appreciate that little Sunday boost. Damian Lillard out one to two weeks for the calf minimum. You know, they were saying one to two weeks, but he'll be reevaluated in one to two weeks. So we'll see how that goes. Not really any new news since that diagnosis came out. But Anthony Simons is filling that role, taking a bit of the scoring and playmaking role. From Lillard, as we expected. If you're a Damian Lillard manager, maybe try to make a trade with whoever has Anthony Simons. Because anytime that Lillard's out, you're going to have basically an 80 to 90% uh, fill-in with Anthony Simons. I'm a Steph Curry manager, and I'm looking at possibly trading for Jordan Poole for that same reason. When Steph is out, Jordan Poole is going to absolutely be the guy. There's not a question about it on who is going to fill that role. Speaking of being out, Kawhi Leonard has played two games so far this season and won't play again on Monday. They're just saying he's still out with knee management. A year and a half was not long enough for Mr. Leonard why is this news, you may ask, and not just business as usual for the Clippers? It's because there's no continuity 
and Paul George isn't doing well, even when Kawhi Leonard isn't there. Norman Powell is suffering as well. This last year, they knew Kawhi's out. He's not coming back. We have this freedom to play. This year, it's this on-again, off-again situation with Kawhi that Clippers fans are all too used to. Even when Kawhi is playing, he's still coming off the bench. And this is not a good look for the fantasy managers of Kawhi Leonard or really any Clipper at this point. I'm not going to go into any serious conversation in this pod about Kyrie Irving and his promotion or just tweeting about a film with lots of anti-Semitic things in it or Joshua Primo getting waived by the Spurs, rightfully so, because of multiple allegations against him. We will get into that more on the Dimes Pod on Friday. But now, let's get into this closet's favorite segment, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Who was the good of the week? This guy doesn't get a lot of love nowadays. But he's a great fantasy basketball player. Plays in one of the five boroughs of New York. It's Brooklyn. It's Kevin Durant. Averaging 33 points this week. 4.8 rebounds. 3.5 assists. 1.3 steals. 1.8 blocks for Okev. Getting it on the defensive side. 52% from the field. And 95% from the free throw line. On 10 and a half Free throws per game, that's a category winner, folks. You got KD locking down 10 made free throws for you. You can have Dwight Howard in his prime on your team. You still might compete in free throws. Kevin Durant and the Brooklyn Nets are losing games. They look like a disaster. Ben Simmons cannot get above 10 points per game. But old KD's getting to the mid-range, shooting efficient shots, and winning fantasy games for you. Kevin Durant, congratulations. We'll send you this certificate. You can hang it up right next to your MVP. You got the go to the week in week two of this wonderful fantasy season so far. Someone returning from injury. The bad of the week. Just, uh, just of the week, folks. It's not a whole... It's not a permanent stamp it's not a tattoo it's just of the week and for this week jamal murray i'm sorry jr nuggets fans i'm sorry but he's been bad this week in particular 11.3 points per game on below 40 percent from the field only a three and a half made and 2.7 assists jamal murray doesn't look like jamal yet Nikola Jokic joked it would take about 20 games. He's looking about right because it is not going well for him in Denver. He doesn't, he's a small guy and he needs that burst. Doesn't really have it. He's not escaping larger guards and wiggling his way into the paint. And if he's not knocking down his threes, then... This is what we're going to get. We're going to get 11.3 points per game, which is not what you want to see from Jamal Murray. I will say this about Mr. Murray. I think as the NBA fans fear, we overrate him 
slightly. We have this perception that he is this undeniable bucket getter. And in his last three full years of playing in the 18-19 season, he averaged 18 points per game. Next year, he averaged 18 points per game. And then the 2021 season, which he only played 48 games, he averaged 21 points. So he, he, we've never seen a full season of Jamal Murray actually finishing over 20 points per game average. Now he can do better than 11, what he's sitting at right now for this week. And for the full season, it's just 12.4. Um, so Jamal, you got to step it up. I'm not expecting 25. Maybe some NBA fans are. But you got to get back to like 18, bud. The Nuggets need you there, and your fantasy managers need you there as well. For the ugly, this week, it's our good friend down in Los Angeles. The second LA player in a row to get the ugly. Not a Laker, no. A Clipper, Paul George. Even with Kawhi out this whole week, Paul George has averaged 12 points per game on 29% shooting. He is not filling in for Kawhi. Paul George managers may think, oh, this actually this could be a good season for Paul if you're on a first-name basis with him. This could be a great season for Paul, even if Kawhi is not playing. That's good for me. Paul will fill it up just like he was doing to start last season with the Clippers. But it does not look like the way this season is trending for Paul George. With that 12 points per game this week, he's got everything you want. He has all the opportunity in the world. He's just not putting the ball in the basket. Two losses so far to the Thunder this season. The Clippers can't get it together. Ty Lue is an incredible coach. He got... The Clippers, without Paul George, without Kawhi, into the playing tournament last year. So it's not his fault. But, like a Blake Griffin, is Paul George hitting that point in his career where he's just had too many weird things with his body. Too many surgeries. Too many injuries. And he is, is he just old? Does he need more help? Can he not carry a team anymore? And is he still working his way into the season? Paul George has never been a guy to show up out of shape to an NBA season, but is he just not ready? Is he not at game speed yet? Or is this just a Paul George rut like we've seen before? Doesn't really matter what the reasoning is, but so far this season, he has not looked like a superstar. He has not looked like a second or even a third round fantasy pick. He has just looked pretty ugly, folks. After this break, we're going to get into a segment that I like to call Sheep or Penguin. Love that music, as always. Shout out to Will Adams, the composer and creator, those words mean the same thing, of 
the musical selections you hear in our breaks, in the intro and the outro of the Dimes and the Fantasy Zone pod. Now, when I say, wow, I love that music, it's awesome, I'm just remembering it. I don't hear it in the little, there's no breaks. I just sit in, in the closet and, and, and ponder and think, I wonder what song Nick is going to put in that transition. Just so you know. <laughs> it, it is late. It, it is late and I am tired. But I persevere and I push through. New segment. Sheep or penguin? Do you want to be a sheep and follow the herd? Sometimes that's the right move. Because sometimes it's lunchtime. And you gotta follow the little shepherd dogs and your shepherd back to the barn and eat some sheep food. And sometimes you got to be that penguin. And I'm talking about that penguin that you see in the documentary where there's like a thousand penguins on the side of a glacier or landmass made of ice. And they're all huddling around the edge <laughs> of this cliff. And one penguin either jumps or sometimes must get pushed into the water to see if it is safe for the rest of the penguins to jump in or if there's a orca or another penguin predator out there ready to eat that penguin. Is there blood in the water or is it safe to go? Sometimes you have to be that penguin and see is it safe for everybody else and maybe you get the biggest fish. Maybe you get that little penguin food first. You get the first bite at everything. So what we're going to look at is the trending roster percentages of players, the highest risers and the lowest fallers. And I'll, we'll decide together in this little conversation we call the fantasy zone, if you should be a penguin with this person and you should jump in right now, make sure you got it. I don't care if it's risky, but we're going for it. Or if you should be a sheep and follow the trend. If you should be a penguin and go with this alone or a sheep and just follow everybody else. We'll start at the top with Dennis Smith Jr., who has risen from about 10% to over 40% rostered in ESPN leagues. He's averaging 11.8 points per game and 6.2 assists is, I think, what people are latching on to. If you filter by assist on most waiver wires right now, you'll see Dennis Smith Jr. way at the top. Why is this happening? LaMelo Ball, obviously out. We know that. Terry Rozier has been out and has gotten Dennis that starting spot. Even with that starter's opportunity, he has not been crushing it on the points end. Still just 11. He's shooting a solid percentage, 47%. Only 57 from the free throw line and 1.23s per, per game. But it's that assist that's luring people in. Now, should we follow this trend? If he is available in, the, in your league, should you add him? Should you be a sheep? No, you should not. You should be the penguin. Do not do this. You need to go this alone. Do not add Dennis Smith Jr. Because you're just going to drop him. You know you are. You're just going to drop him in a couple weeks. Maybe even a few days. 
LaMelo Ball will come back. Terry Rozier will come back. And Dan Smith Jr. can't get six assists in 22 minutes per game. He'll be lucky to be getting 22 minutes whenever LaMelo is back. Do not be a sheep. Do not do this. Be a penguin. I promise you the water's fine. It's fine in the waters of not managing Dennis Smith Jr. Next up on the list, Trey Murphy. He basically wasn't owned anywhere. He basically wasn't rostered anywhere. 26% now he is rostered. That number should be way, way, way higher. It should continue to climb. You got to be a sheep with this Trey Murphy number here, folks. I've been looking at this particular category of player with around five or six rebounds and over two threes made per game. Trey Murphy falls solidly right in there. 15 points per game, 6.2 rebounds, and 3.2 threes made per game. Shooting a fiery 59% from the field and 87% from that free throw line. Giving you a steal just for kicks. You got to be a sheep with Trey. I am my number one league. My league I've been in for 10 years. He was snatched right out from under me. By my, not my blood, but my family, my uncle. And he took him. Very disappointing for me because I'm trying to win rebounds and threes and Trey Murphy was perfect for that he's been doing well without Brandon Ingram and Zion around but he's the first wing off the bench even if Zion has an incredibly healthy season for any superstar that still probably means missing around 20 games in the season Brandon Ingram as well Herb Jones, like if any of those three guys, Zion, Ingram, or Herb Jones are out, Trey Murphy's getting the spot. He is their sixth man, and he doesn't even need to hit the three threes per game. He could lose a full three, and I still want to roster Trey Murphy. This guy, the people have a right. He's a sheep. We're a sheep. We're following him. He is our shepherd. <laughs> All hail Trey Murphy. <laughs> Another guy. Jordan Clarkson, rostered in 69% of leagues. Nice. Averaging 17 points per game, five assists, and four rebounds, three threes. Clarkson had a tiny boost from Conley going out, but if you care about points, assists, and rebounds, you got to go Clarkson. He's just been there, and I, I'm not even worried about long-term, oh, what if he gets traded? Because a team that's going to trade for Clarkson knows exactly what they're trying to get, and that's six men going to take the shot every chance he gets, Jordan Clarkson. So if he ends up on the Bucks, which I doubt, or Lakers, Clippers, Celtics, Miami Heat, I'm not, I'm not worried about Jordan Clarkson at all. He, if a team signs him, they know what they're getting. He's not getting. You're not getting a three and D guy. You're getting a buckets man, and Clarkson. Should have been rostered and should continue to be rostered in more and more leagues. Those are the guys who are being added at the highest rate. Now we're going to look at the guys 
being dropped at the highest rate right after this break. We finished the positive side with a Utah Jazz. Let us begin the negative side with a Utah Jazz. Colin Sexton is being dropped at the highest rate of any player on ESPN right now. Minus 9.8%. He's down to being rostered in only 77% of leagues. And why? Even with a boost of Mike Conley being out, he didn't really explode. He's been averaging less than 20 minutes per game when everyone is healthy. 12 points per game and 1.9 assists. That's a stinger. You're expecting this guy who wanted to be a star in Cleveland, and he's been pretty dim so far in Utah. Should we follow the herd? If you roster Colin Sexton, what should you do? I believe you should keep him. The Jazz have not started to make their drastic moves to try to lose yet, but they will. Danny Ainge loves to be the best at winning and losing. And Danny's not going to mess around. Not with his hometown boys in Utah. Mike Conley's got to go. And even when they aren't tanking, Conley loves getting injured. And when he was injured in that game where Colin Sexton got the start and Heyman Clarkson <laughs> just went back and forth, he played 32 minutes. He got 19 points four assists. Hopefully you didn't draft Colin Sexton in the fourth round, but if he is on your team filling in for somebody, or if you did draft him in one of the later rounds, don't worry. Don't worry about that red number getting higher and higher at the end of his stats. Just be the penguin. Go it alone. Maybe you'll get eaten by an orca. Or maybe you'll get that first little sardine, the most delicious one, the Colin Sexton sardine. If I had Sexton, I would keep him. Wouldn't press that panic button just yet. Mike Conley could get traded, and Mike Conley will get banged up and injured, and as his team tanks, they're going to want to play more Colin Sexton. Another guard. This one, pretty easy, actually. Jalen Suggs, he got injured. He wasn't really stuffing the stat sheet. Before that, be a sheep, drop him. He's rostered in 54% of leagues. Be a sheep, follow the herd. Suggs, drop him. Maybe when he comes back, if he looks great, Adam, but that is not the magic player that you need to hold on to and put in your IR spot. If, like, no, just, see, he's not that good. Dylan Brooks, heating up a bit for the Memphis Grizzlies. And yet, he is still being dropped. He's down to being rostered in only 51% of leagues. Averaging 15 points. Two threes made per game. And he's getting you a steal. I'm, I'm kind of stunned to see this number. Especially with just the trust that he's earned in Memphis. He's going to play 28 minutes per game or more. 
I do not want to follow this herd at all. Be the mighty lonely penguin and stick with Dylan Brooks. He will start, and he got 30 points. He can explode. These guys on Memphis don't look like shooters, but they are. Dylan Brooks, he's a shooter. I don't even know what a shooter looks like, but he kind of doesn't look like one in my mind, but he is one. Keep Dylan Brooks. Don't drop him. Don't be weird. You're going to want to pick him up later. Unless you're in my league, then please drop Dylan Brooks. I would love to pick him up. Disregard what I just said. Malcolm Brogdon. Another confusing number to me. Also being dropped. He's getting, he's lost like eight percentage points. He went from like 78 to 70. I'm a little stunned by this. Like, what did you expect? <laughs> if you drafted Malcolm Brogdon, were you like, ah, oh, I bet it'll get me 20. Seven and seven. He's going to be, you know, just a little mini LeBron. 11 points, three assists, three rebounds. What you expect? He's going to be the backup guard with Derek White. I mean, I'm, I'm following the herd. I, can't, I mean, I guess if I don't know if I don't think Malcolm Brogdon should really have been rostered. If I never thought he'd be a great fantasy player, a better like, if the Celtics are lucky, he's a better just player for them. Fits their defensive culture. But Brogdon, <laughs> that's what changed. If I'm, I'm Brogdon. It's like, why are you breaking up with me? I told you I like to stay up late and eat puffy Cheetos and then wipe my fingers on the couch. I said I like to do that. Why are you upset that the couch is orange? I told you what I was going to do. <laughs> but if for some reason Malcolm Brogdon ended up on my team... I would also be dropping him, so follow the herd. Be a sheep. I just don't know why the herd went that way in the first place. Last guy, Norman Powell, another tragic member of the Clippers. I'm saying that with a big smile on my face if you can't hear it. Shout out Nick Flood. Different Nick, folks. Not the editor of the pod. Just a friend. And he is a fan of the Clippers. I assume a fan of Norman Powell. Norman Powell isn't even getting the start when Kawhi's out. They're trying to keep the rotation as expected, quote-unquote, when Kawhi returns, whenever that may be. And the only thing that Norman Powell is really getting for you in an ideal world, a fantasy zone, is points. And right now, he's only averaging 9.8 with three turnovers a game and 1.6 assists. That's a pretty rough ratio. Norman Powell, he's being dropped 7.4%. He went from 28 down to 21. Uh, should probably be lower. I don't know what leagues would have Norman Powell still rustered. I would drop him. I would be just one of thousands of sheep going to get sheared of my Norman Powell coat will his shooting percentage go up it's at 36 percent right now yes but the clippers are telling us his minutes are not going up he may start shooting better but then he's getting 12 points per game instead of nine and in a perfect world where Kawhi and paul george are back then i don't think it's even that number powell is not a good fantasy addition to a team. Not right now, and not with 
a pretty full Clippers roster. Last couple games, he did get above 10 points, 21 and 18. But previous games, he had four points, eight points, seven points, nine. If you really need points and Norman Powell is your answer, then you're in a rough situation. Follow the sheep. Go. <laughs> go home. <laughs> Don't go in Norman Powell. After this break, we'll do a little bit of Spurs shoot-around. Like I said, I went to the Spurs-T-Wolves game earlier tonight. Spurs got that win, second win over the T-Wolves this season so far. Watch out, T-Wolves. Uh, <laughs> Rudy Gobert stuffed at the rim a couple times by Jakob Pertl and Co. Shout out again, Chase, my dear friend, for the tickets. That was awesome. Thanks for the invite. Jar and I will get into the Joshua Primo ongoing situation on the Dimes pod this upcoming Friday as well as our classic basketball dimes funness that we will get into as well. I want to save to talk about the Spurs game and that with JR until Friday. So I won't really do a full Spurs shoot around here, but I will just a little few things I noticed. Just team basketball is really fun to watch. We did not have the most talent on the court. By a mile. But. Yaka Pertle. And Keldon Johnson hitting threes. Dougie McBuckets caught on fire. There was people screening for each other off ball. There was back cuts. There was team defense. There was communication. Popovich was yelling. It just. It's fun to watch Spurs basketball. Like that. And I really enjoy. Even though. Yes. It's smart. To want to lose as many games as possible and get the highest amount of chance chances for a lottery win. I'm st- I'm still screaming defense. I'm still yelling that rhythmic go Spurs go with every other person in that building. I'm still rooting for the three to go in when Trey Jones jacks one up in the fourth quarter. I wanted the Spurs to win in that game. Because it's fun to watch winning basketball. Hopefully, (laughs) the odds are in our favor. And we end up with another great addition to the 50-year history of the San Antonio Spurs. Really, really cool. Definitely go to Spurs game if you can. And if you're around, all the 50-year stuff is unique and has a cool vibe to it. And... Everything's kind of like throwback looking. Every game seems to have some tie-in to something to try to get people to go to the games. We got to support our guys. No matter if we think we're going to win, I would love to see Sohan and Vassal, but they didn't play today. So I got to see a little Kathy Bates Diop and some Blake Wesley, which was awesome. Anyway, thanks for listening to the Fantasy Zone. 
This will come out a little later. Like I said, that Spurs game started at six, usually in right in the spot where I record. So wrapping this up late Sunday. Thank you, Nick, for editing. Thank you all for listening. And check out that Dimes Prod on Friday. Check out the next Fantasy Zone next Monday. Until next time.